0: My name is Jeffrey Sidoris, and this is Iteration 46. The mediocre teacher tells. The good teacher explains. The superior teacher demonstrates. The great teacher inspires. William Arthur Ward. You know, I've been drawing as far back as I can remember. In fact, my mom used to tell me that I could draw before I could talk. And I've spoken on previous iterations about my childhood love of art supply stores, which is still kind of true. All I ever wanted to be as a kid was an animator at Disney, and I drew constantly. That changed a little bit in high school when I was introduced to photography, but I never stopped drawing. In fact, I wanted to go to Art Center College of Design in Pasadena to study photography and illustration. As it happened, and this must have been, I don't know, sophomore, maybe junior year, Art Center was awarding scholarships for weekend classes, and one of them was being taught by a Disney animator. All you had to do to be considered was submit a portfolio of your work. But I convinced myself that I didn't have a shot. And even if I did, there was no way we could afford the $40,000 a year it cost to go there. On top of that, there was my dad and his repeated artists or a dime a dozen speech bouncing around in my head. So I didn't even try. In fact, I went the other way and started making up excuses for why I no longer even wanted to go to Art Center. To borrow from the book of Pressfield, it was resistance, plain and simple. But my high school art teacher, Mr. Andrew, didn't agree. And unbeknownst to me, he submitted a portfolio on my behalf and as fate would have it, I won. Honestly, I was conflicted about the whole thing, and I remember some of the conversations that I had with my mom about it. Why even bother, I said to her. I'm never going to be able to go there, so what's the point? No, probably not, she said. At least not to get your degree, and I'm sorry for that. But you can go there now, and that counts for something. I talked to Mr. Andrew about it and told him that I wasn't even sure that I could get to Pasadena because my mom worked. And so, on Saturday afternoons, Mr. Andrew and his wife drove me to art center so that I could take an illustration class at one of the best art schools in the country. You've heard me mention resistance or imposter syndrome before. And one of the reasons that I talk about it so much is that I've spoken to creatives at the top of their game who still struggle with that little voice in the back of their heads, telling them that they and the work that they make are no good. Whatever you choose to call it, very few people are immune to it. It's also true that few people, no matter how independent they want or claim to be, are creative in a vacuum. The myth of the lone genius is largely that, a myth. It's precisely because many of us are faced with imposter syndrome that we can't create in a vacuum. We need other people in our corner to help us feel the resistance, but to do it, whatever it is, anyway. When I was in junior high and high school, those were a select group of extraordinary teachers like Mr. Teague, Mr. Andrew, and Mr. Kennison, who I've spoken of before. Part of the help and support that Mr. Andrew provided was literal, both in terms of submitting my portfolio and in actually getting me to the class. Today, that group includes people like Freddie Clark, Sean Tucker, and John Wilkening, and in those cases, the support goes both ways. Resistance will never go away, not completely, and some even believe that it's a necessary component to the creative struggle. What isn't necessary, however, is suffering through it alone. Instead, we can build networks and support systems to help one another find ways to work through it. Because the form resistance takes can vary and change, what it looks like to show up for each other is different for each of us and often changes over time. Sometimes it's encouragement or an empathetic ear, other times it might be tough love, accountability. Or we may just need a cheerleader, someone to appreciate and validate who we are and the work that we do. Sometimes collaboration itself is a way to jointly move through resistance and to keep each other moving. As I said, the form resistance takes changes. But if we can learn to find people who help us adapt and move around or even through it, we won't have to feel like we're merely pushed up against it. Here are three specific takeaways that you can use to help you work through some of the resistance you may be experiencing. Number one, reflect on someone from your past who helped you, supported you, or inspired you in some way. Number two, write down three forms resistance currently takes in your creative life. And number three, Select one, two, or even three friends who may also be experiencing resistance and reach out to them to brainstorm how you can help one another work through it. In the show notes, you'll find links to a few things I thought you might find interesting, including the new issue of Time Magazine, which is called The Art of Optimism, 34 People Changing How We See Our World. The editorial that begins the issue is called Why Art is the Antidote for Our Times, and it was written by a Wrinkle in Time director, Eva DuVernay. There are also articles from Laverne Cox, Bill Gates, and Guillermo del Toro. And a terrific article called 12 Leaders Who Are Shaping the Next Generation of Artists, which features interviews and commentary on where art is and where art's headed. Also, Flashback.com posted a really great series of photographs of New York City taken by Todd Papageorge in 1966-1967. And one of the things that makes them so special, other than capturing New York in a way that many of us have never seen it, is the fact that the photos were all taken on Kodachrome, and they just show what an amazing film Kodachrome was. The colors, the shadows, and how, for many photographers, that film stock was what defined their style. And in honor of Black History Month, the New York Times has launched a terrific new site called Overlooked, which begins, quote, "...since 1851, the New York Times has published thousands of obituaries of heads of state, opera singers, the inventor of stovetop stuffing, and of the slinky." The vast majority chronicled the lives of men, mostly white ones. Now we're adding the stories of other remarkable people. End quote. The site is really well done and new obituaries will be added weekly. There's also a form to allow users to nominate candidates for future entries. Be sure to check that out. Subscribe to Jeffrey Sedoris everything to get every iteration, every in-between, and every process driven, as well as special one-off conversations all in one feed, You can find it in your favorite podcast app and now also on Spotify. And just as a reminder, if you've already subscribed to Iterations or any of the other shows, those individual show feeds will be going away on April 1st. So please do subscribe to everything so you don't miss anything. Connect with me on Instagram or Twitter at Jeffrey Sedoris. That's J-E-F-F-E-R-Y-S-A-D-D-O-R-I-S or at Jeffrey thanks very much for your time. I appreciate you being here. I hope you enjoyed it and I'll talk to you on the next one.